Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 56 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. After this uh, long holiday weekend, I like to go through the news and just find out what's going on. Uh, within the news, something to spark my interest or just to see how everybody's doing. Came across quite a few articles that were interesting. I thought about doing a podcast on all of them, but it would just take so long to break each of them down. Um, I'll give you kind of the highlight or the tidbits that I found interesting. Is we all know that professors and universities are kind of the those pushing for wildlife management as well as ways to work and help with wildlife. But a professor out of Texas A&M University, West Texas A&M University, um, was sentenced to six months in prison for violating the Lacey Act. He had imported 14 animals from multiple, multiple countries that in um, the violated the International Treaty for Wildlife, the Fauna and Flora Act, that treaty. And he had imported these, I'm, I'm guessing, the the articles that I came across never said, but I'm assuming it was for research. But it was just interesting because you never hear or you rarely hear of professors uh, going in that direction. It's just usually not what they do. If you were looking for money, uh, very rarely would you become a professor. Most of the time you'd go into banking or something else. It's just like if you wanted money, you would never work for a wildlife agency. Uh, another one was uh, avian bird flu has been affecting Colorado since November. They've had uh, large die-offs of snow geese, um, 1,600 total out of two locations. And the reason why I find this interesting is because this is affecting us in our daily lives. Uh, I talk to people and they're mad about the eggs. My mother's one of them. But uh, they're mad about the price of eggs. As the price of eggs go up, they don't understand why the government's killing all these chickens. And they're killing the chickens because of avian bird flu. There's two types of strains. There's a high, um, highly pathogenic one, and then there's the low pathogenic. And oftentimes we see the low pathogenic. But when the high strain becomes present like it is now, it has large consequences, not for just wildlife populations, but for farmers as well. So I found that article interesting. Uh, it just talks about how they're tracking this spread and it's affecting populations, not just here in the United States, but all over the world. But lastly, um, there's a whole series and they're all on different topics, but they're all talking about the same thing. And they're talking about connectivity. Connectivity is a huge thing. Wildlife connectivity. As we build as the humans build their infrastructure the way we do, we create these islands and we think that wildlife should stay within these islands. And then once they're staying within their island, um, they should be fine and protected. But ultimately that creates problems as well. So you look at Yellowstone. Uh, we've created an island there. We've put highways in these areas all the way around them and we expect animals to stay. We put up animal sanctuaries or... Uh, preservation areas and once they try to leave these areas oftentimes they die because they're hit by cars there's millions of animals that are hit worldwide by cars each year and it's the way that we as humans like to connect our lives to other things 
and we expect animals to adapt and animals just can't adapt and they're not going to and so uh, multiple articles one was talking about cougars moving east they're trying to identify suitable habitat for the cougars that would also be sustainable and that would be beneficial to them but ultimately again it's a connectivity issue because if you have a small isolated population in the Appalachians if they find a, a suitable habitat in the Appalachians you're going to have a population turnout like the cougars in Florida where they're going to be genetically isolated and then you're going to have the inbreeding and all the issues that come with that and so that's not a very sustainable model so again you need connection then they're in Colorado uh, the, the state is designated five million dollars in helping wildlife cross roads in high priority areas they have identified seven areas they want to improve again that's just a drop in the bucket that ultimately needs to be done and there are challenges the other issue I've faced today is as I've read the news about wildlife it's as depressing as about wildlife as it is about politics or whatever else you don't often find very bright happy things in wildlife and that's okay because news is part of the things that are affecting us daily though I do want to I do want you to know that there is hope that uh, not all is lost oftentimes you read the news and it's doom and gloom and everything is over but there are ways that we can all be involved and we can all be doing more volunteer your time whether it's helping ranchers clean up areas of fencing or working with ranchers or other groups to put let down fences here in the west uh, let let down fences are getting more popular to improve the connectivity for not only elk and mule deer but pronghorn and a lot of other species uh, a lot of species get caught up in fences and it proves challenging and fatal volunteering with multiple organizations out there uh, you can is one of the best ways to benefit whether removing fishing line from a public shore or a local pond or helping trout unlimited i'm not endorsing any group out there but just being involved not just legislatively there's a lot of nonprofits out there that are fighting for one species or another and that's great but oftentimes some of the real work gets done out in the field so you like to donate money for a cause but a lot of the times your actual time going out and working with these animals are going to be far more effective 